Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Rick, they're on a roll. They're on a roll. All right. He, he's a phony. They're on a Everybody roll, listen, brother. Look at him. They went, how many, whatever it is in a row. Now he wears the Red Sox. That's, that's bull. When they lose two in a row, hey, everything comes off. He, that that he is off such a lie, Don't man. give me that bull. That is such no, a I'm lie. Saying, really? You should see I can him. tell. Holy jeez. <laughs> He had this screen printed on before the show. Exactly. My wife did it. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappler, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petrocelli. We have a special guest today. We are going to talk because we are excited. The collectibles world is excited here in the greater Boston area. The Fenway Card Show on May 20th and 21st. That's correct. At Fenway Park on the concourse. And with us today is the guy behind the whole thing. Chris Costa. Chris, welcome, brother. Good to hey, see Chris. You, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Great to see you. Good to see you, man. Yeah, and we, have, we actually, we're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk about, you know, he's a young guy. He's an old guy. Hey, hey. I'm in the middle. Yeah, you're right. You're we're, in the we're middle. Gonna, we're going to talk. Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to be all over the place, but I want to get into some really good discussion on what we've been talking about, vintage versus modern. Do the headlines. All right. First, our headlines. <laughs> Again, crime doesn't pay. Michigan police officer accused in sports card box price switching scheme. Wow. Check this out. A Michigan police officer is accused of a retail price switching scheme involving sports card boxes that cost one retail chain a five-figure loss. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel says Lansing police officer Greg Tracy was arraigned last week on one count of retail fraud first and one count of organized retail fraud. Tracy is accused of switching prices on boxes with lesser valued ones and selling the higher valued boxes to others. Nestle says the scheme began in January and continued until earlier this month when he was arrested. Prosecutors say Tracy is believed to have defrauded the major corporation of over 10000 bucks. This is happening every freaking week. And the reason is because the industry is so popular, seriously. And the, and the, the value of the cards, a lot of the cards, is very high. I mean, have you... So s- you're going to get these, some of these... Have you been reading about crooks? every week someone's breaking into a card shop? Yeah. There's a lot of crime taking place in our industry. And I think it's uh, mainly because, as Rico said, the industry has caught the eye of so many folks that weren't really aware of it in the past. So yeah. I think you're seeing people realizing... Uh, from a from a bad acting perspective, that there's an opportunity. Right? Absolutely, yeah. it's not. Yes. Well, anyway, for more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Our good friend Rich Miller and the gang at Fort Sports Collectors Daily they do a great job. Again, we have a great show. We have Chris is going to be with us for the whole hour. We're going to bring in in a second uh, Bobby Livingston from RR Auctions, one of the best auction houses in the country. And actually, Bobby's going to be at the. Uh, 
at the show. Uh-huh. And then in the second part, the last segment, we're going to bring in our good friend Tom Ruggi from Destiny Wealth Management. We're going to talk about what Tom does, what his company does, but we're also going to talk about his collection. He's got an eye-popping collection. So let's bring in our good friend. He looks half dead. <laughs> Get some sun. Will you, will you smile? There you go. That's better. Where's Bobby it? Livingston from our auctions. How are you, brother? <laughs> doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, Good. to see you. Bobby, are you at the uh, Amherst office, are you? I am. I'm in New Hampshire. You are? Uh, yes, yes. Hey, listen. You know, I went, on, I went on your site, man, and it's just amazing the st- how many different types of auctions you have. Before we get into the sports part of it, why don't you tell us about what you have going right now with some of the ones you just completed. Some crazy stuff. Well, we just we just had a space auction. You know, we do two of those a year focused on NASA and America's space flight. Uh, we, and we sold a bunch of Omega watches um, combined for almost $1.2 million, which is, you know, we're, we're not known for selling Omega watches, but we are known for selling NASA items. So it's kind of a nice crossover for us uh, to do so well with watches. But then we had um, things from the Mercury rockets and uh, Gemini missions and Apollo missions, things that went on the moon. So those are always fun. Have you Uh, ever sold uh, Tang? No, but we've sold... We've sold space food that's dried up from the 60s. That's pretty remarkable. It's pretty fun stuff. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, and by the way, Chris, try it. Any time. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> put water in it. Yeah. Have you ever had a full spacesuit at auction? We, you know, all the spacesuits uh, belong to the United States government still, but we've had backup suits uh, and different parts of spacesuits, but we've never had a complete one original. Um but you know, we do get Russian ones if you want to wear a Ruski. Sputnik. Well, I mean, what is the what's the one NASA piece that sticks out in your mind that you guys have sold? Well, of course, I, I like the uh, rotation hand controller that Dave Scott used to land on the moon um, from uh, Apollo 15 uh, because they were they were supposed to leave that on the moon. You know, he landed the craft. He was a pilot, and he went and took it back with him against regulations and uh, kept it. And uh, in 2011, there was a federal law passed that allowed astronauts to sell things that they had brought back from the moon. So that's that's one of my favorites um, Very because cool. it's the whole mechanized box. And we sold that for about $675,000. Wow. Very, wow. very cool. All right, so uh, again, before we get into the sports, don't you have a historic auction going on right now with some really cool, uh, I mean, I, you know, some of this stuff, I don't know where you get this stuff. But you get some historic yeah. documents. Yeah, we've got a uh, an auction going on right now. Where we've got um, one of the original checks that Apple Company wrote out in 1976, signed by Steve Jobs, and it's it's a really beautiful uh, check. And it's got a the address for Apple Computers was a mail drop, <laughs> so, so it's kind of Jesus. so it's kind of phenomenal. And it's Steve Jobs hiring his first consulting firm on marketing, hmm. uh, so it makes it really significant. And it's you know perfect. It's in perfect condition. Yeah. Um, we also have, uh, uh, and this is um, encapsulated by PSA, is Marilyn Monroe's driver's license from when she lived with Arthur Miller in, in Connecticut. Uh-huh. And she had a 1955 uh, Thunderbird convertible. She would drive around Connecticut. So, Tom, yeah. I can, well, Rico, you probably were there. I <laughs> wish I was, I tell you. <laughs> top down. Can you imagine the top down and whizzing by you? As wow. The, Nineteen, the, the hair flying in the wind. Exactly. Right. Holy, Holy shit! A little drop shift. 
Hey, boy, I mean, we got a couple of minutes left. You're going to be okay, Henry. No, yes. well, no, I wanted to, when he was on earlier. It was uh, he came in the studio, the old studio. I saw his catalog. You brought, I think you brought a catalog. They had an Abraham Lincoln oh, yeah. card, and it was signed, wasn't it? Right. He would sign um, some CDVs, you know, little photographs. Uh, he, he's known to have signed several of them uh, and actually sold some of them for um, relief of uh, Union soldiers' wives and families. Yeah. Uh, they kind of auctioned them, if you can imagine. So <laughs> you can get it signed photograph wow. you know small one of abraham lincoln well, I mean, you get a lot of the the documents that you guys get historic document you do run through psa right like either kevin kevin keating or just to authenticate all that stuff correct psa dna that's right we rely on psa to um make sure everything we sell is authentic <laughs> we have our own in-house authenticators so we look at the stuff first and then we uh show it to psa psa to make sure we're right and we're really conservative so if there's you know ever uh an issue even you know if we disagree with each other we just don't run it and speaking of authentication psa will be on site at the fenway show and they'll be offering dna authentication of autographs in-house you know listen for our viewers and audience that's huge because everybody knows. I mean, PSA has, you know, they've limited uh, their exposure out here on the, on the uh, uh, East Coast, especially in New England. This is a big, big, big event that they're going to be at the uh, Fenway Card Show. So they will be doing yeah. authentication right there. Uh, PSA DNA authentication on the spot. Bring your stuff because that's that's big. Bobby, what about, uh, let's talk about the Fenway Show for a sec. Uh, are you bringing... Sports memorabilia, or are you just going to be there to introduce yourselves? Because I like, you know, you guys really are just getting into sports memorabilia big time. Well, you know, we've been working with PSA to encapsulate um, raw autographs and other things. Uh, we've had two um, dedicated encapsulated autograph auctions. So we're going to be bringing lots of uh, non-sports encapsulated PSA items um, to the show. I mean, we're, we're really excited you know, growing up here in Boston, yep. to be at Fenway, it's, it's a, I mean, a great place. What a great place to hold a show. So you think? we'll be bringing in a lot of historic yep. documents, um, like that Steve Jobs check in Maryland, but also uh, George Washington and a whole bunch of other things. Um, we're looking forward to meeting a lot of our old clients. We don't do shows very often, um, so yeah. we're kind of excited to see our old friends, you know, after being here in New England since 1976. We're, so we're excited to have you guys. I think it's such a unique space, especially for an auction house like RR, who, who specializes in such historic and memorable documents and, and items. Uh, being Fenway Park, the most historic and beloved structure in the country, uh, I think there's some really nice crossover there. We're super excited to have I, you guys. I, I agree, man. You know, that place is built in 1912. So, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of uh, great stuff that echoes nicely in those halls besides sports memorabilia. We're, we're psyched about it. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you're doing that show. Looking forward to seeing you, Bobby. Make sure you spring for a hot dog for me, please. I'm begging you. That's the least All you right. can do. All right, brother. Uh, what's your uh, auctions? What's your website address? It's, it's com. We've got a... Lots of auctions going on all the time, so visit us, register, and tell them that Tommy Zap sent you. Are you still gigging? Say what? What's that? Are you still gigging? Oh, yeah. Are you? I have a big, I have a big Bob Dylan birthday party I'm doing this month. Huh. Look, Napoleon and <laughs> Let's go. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, I'm playing. That's all. They're very cool, man. Yeah. All right. Take care. We love See you, Bobby. You. See you, Bob. Be good. Right, guys. Bobby Thank Livingston so from our, our auctions. Yep. Uh, good guy, good guy. Oh. I tell you, they do a hell of a job. They do a hell of a job. All right, Chris, let's talk a little bit about the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, this this show that's uh, 
I'm telling you, this thing is 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 picking up ahead of steam like you wouldn't believe. A lot it. of buzz. It really is. There's it really a lot of is. Buzz. Now, I, first question, Adam, uh, that I that I want to know is, Red Sox, this, they've sanctioned this. They're behind this 100, percent right? Yeah. Tell, so tell we, us about that. Yeah, of course. So we partner with uh, Fenway Sports Management. Yep. Um, who, of course, is the management arm of the Red Sox, but also of the ballpark, Fenway Park, and they've been amazing partners. Uh, and yeah, 100 percent partnership. They've been super supportive. They're helping us promote through the Red Sox channels, the Red Sox email list, and obviously building this as a fan experience because they look at this really as not only an opportunity to get sports cards, trading cards in our world into the eyes of the public and giving us a venue for us to continue to do trade shows like we all love to do, but also really offering this as an extension of a Red Sox fan experience. The obvious overlap between collectible sports cards memorabilia and the Red Sox organization is is pretty apparent. Um, so not only are we excited to bring sports cards and all of the services like PSA and Golden and RR into the house, but also offer incredible autograph and fan experiences with David Ortiz mm, and yeah. Pedro Martinez and Jonathan Papelbon and Jose Canseco and Rico Petroselli. Uh, so that's one of the coolest parts of the show is bringing folks together with some of the legends of the organization and giving them an opportunity to interact. And <clears throat> have they been advertising it during the games? Yeah, so there's live great. reads going on during yeah. the broadcast. Oh, I didn't know that. That's We're good. doing I mean, a, that a, a huge radio tour, which obviously includes this podcast. Yeah. Um, and you know, getting the word out as far and as wide as we can. But I think in general what's really unique about the show is it obviously has a drag into the industry, right? We're getting all of the major... You know, auction houses, we're getting all the major authentication services in sight, we're getting a huge draw from a ticket perspective, but it's also bringing non-collectors or new collectors. I think that's what's that's key. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked about this all of the time, is, uh, I mean, the, the future of this hobby are kids yeah. and, young, and young collectors. And Rico, I mean, at the, we've seen it over the last several years, huge spike at the National with a younger crowd, young kids. Yeah, right? a lot of them. And, and they're, they're serious. I mean, <laughs> they go watch and look for you know, items or cards that they like, and they buy them. Yeah. What about dealers, Chris? Uh, do you have a lot of card dealers that are going to be there? Big list of card dealers, um, a lot that are returning and are regulars at our other trade shows, right? We do a show at, at Boston Garden. We do a show at Foxwoods Casino. So we have a group of a core dealers that do every one of our shows. And then you're getting also the large draw from other national dealers. But yeah, m many of the largest dealers or consigners or even you know, whether it be collectors uh, are all setting up at the show. The one that jumps out is, is MC Sports Cards, who's based up here in New Hampshire. He's one of the largest, you know, dealers and yep. consigners in the country. Yeah. So uh, there will be some incredible inventory uh, available for sale, available for trade, uh, whether it be vintage, modern, ultra modern, uh, it's all going to be there. You'll be able to, you know, look at anything from a 52 mantle all the way up to a, you know, a, a Jason Tatum rookie card. We are chatting with Chris Costa from the Fenway Card Show. Rick, let me ask you a question. When you were when you were playing, yeah. did you did you guys do a lot of did you sign a lot of cards at because it was a no no at the big at the, back then for a collector not to sign a card, but did you sign a lot of cards? No your, your own cards like No. <clears throat> the one card that I, I remember I still have uh, I think it's still out there, but 
they printed it on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have I've seen it. Yeah. One of those, yeah. What, <clears throat> Much like the 52 Mantle, which exactly. has a facsimile yeah. autograph. What about, what about Tops? Did you do a lot of promotions? You guys do a lot of promotions for the card company? Uh, no. They, what do they need? Hey, I got my, uh, you're, my, you're, my record player, so... <laughs> for well, sign- that's how different it is today. Let's tell them. Tell them the story. Tell them the story. The guy meets me. We, we were training... It was Cyberga, right? Cyber, Cy, right. Cyberga, right off the plane. Rico, yeah. hey, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, it's like, listen, we want to have you on the card. On your own card. He said... Sign here. So, uh, <laughs> How old are you? 21, 22? No, you yeah, you 22. signed away. I was 18, uh, 19 years old. I said, on my own clock? Yeah, <laughs> give me. That's, and he says, look, we're going to give you a catalog. You can pick out something from the catalog. So I picked a stereo, you know, oh, no. a record player. Oh, yeah. no. Can you believe and that? that was it. That was it. I what got, a deal. I got the stereo. What a deal. What a deal is yeah. right. But, but it wasn't signed, just you. For life. It wasn't just you, though. All the players. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> then the bat company was the same. Hill, Rick, and Bransby. Same thing. Guy says, you want well, you get your own bat with you. <laughs> Where do I sign it? What did you get? A refrigerator? A refrigerator? No, $200 or golf clubs. Uh, you I went to golf, golf clubs. clubs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but that's a great example of how different our industry you or think? how far our industry has come, right? Because now yeah. you have the manufacturers like Tops or Panini or Upper Deck sure. yeah. actively well, participating in promoting the athletes and getting out in front of absolutely. making these athletes you know, uh, icons. And you look at some of the rookies that are coming up to the MLB and what Tops is doing to promote the new releases of Bowman or Topps Chrome, yeah. you know, they're getting out with Julio Rodriguez or Drew Jones exactly. and the Bowman set, and they're making these rookies stars. And, you know, not that they need any help making them stars, but they're, they're leveraging that to help promote the card industry mm. and really get this product out into the masses. Chris, let me ask you, so let's, uh, let's take a rookie. Not a rookie, but let's take a young player. Mm-hmm. When, when a, a collector buys a card, a modern and ultra-modern card, are they kind of rolling the dice? And I'm using Tatis, for instance, yep. as an example. You know, the Tatis card was off the charts when he first came up. Then he had some issues. That card drops like a rock. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, Zion Williamson. He gets hurt. It drops like a rock. Can you give – do you have any advice for a young collector? Yeah. Well, if you look at Fernando Tatis – Right, and, and if you look at sports cards and you draw a parallel to the stock market or investments, you know that's almost like a company getting caught in a massive fraud scandal. Right, it's the exact same thing that you'd expect from you know a major bank getting caught up in a fraud scandal yeah. and their their stock tanking. Tatis, he got, you know, he got whacked and he got caught, and you know, unfortunately, his market came down. Now he's back in the league and still showing that he's a wildly talented player, and his prices are coming up. But yeah, when you're buying a young player and you are prospecting meaning you are buying into the prospect of that player being a star, you're taking a chance. But if you look at it, again, through the parallel or the lens of the stock market or the investment world, you're doing the same when you're buying a startup technology company good or point. if you're buying Very stock into a company like Zoom or like Airbnb. Hmm. You know, Of course, these companies are hot. They're exciting. And you are banking on the fact that the companies continue to grow at a rapid rate, but all it takes is one bad earnings call. Mm-hmm. And the stock will pull back. And that's the Amazing. same with these young players. So is it safer to invest in the Babe Ruths and the Willie Mays and the Mickey Mantles or the Michael Jordans of the world? Of course. But if you're looking for upside, 
we Good talk point. about diversifying a portfolio, it's best to have some of that and also some risk I, on the I, younger I, side. I think you're, you're, you're dead on. Rick. You know, it's amazing about the show. You've got two Hall of Famers, but more than Hall of Famers, with uh, <clears throat> Big Pappy and uh, Pedro. Pedro, I, that's, that's fabulous. Mm. I mean, if you're a Red Sox fan, just to come there, get the autograph, buy a couple of cards, of course. But uh, how'd you guys do it? I mean, yeah. Well, we, we definitely identified last year when we first started the show that there was a huge opportunity based on the foot traffic that we saw and the type of customer that we saw to turn this into more of a red or not more of but more of a Red Sox slash baseball fan experience and have that coupled with the collector experience. So um, bringing in David Ortiz, bringing in Pedro Martinez and Papelbon and mm. Brock Holt and Steve Pierce and Tim Wakefield, yep. having all of these guys in yourself, Timlin, yep. uh, Timlin, all of these guys come in uh, and offer fans an experience. It means you can come to the ballpark, you can come to the show, and you don't have to be looking for uh, a Mickey Mantle rookie, or you don't have to be looking for a Zion Williamson rookie, or you don't have to be mm. looking to buy a box of cards. You just want to come enjoy the ballpark step foot on the warning track, go up for an autograph to meet Mike Timlin, take a picture with Pedro. It doesn't have to be about cards, but what's great is those folks are going to be around cards by coming Good to point. the ballpark, yeah, and it's going yeah, to bring exposure absolutely. to our industry. Definitely. All right, listen, we are chatting with Chris Costa. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. It's going to be on deck with Rico. Tom oh, Ruggie is going to be joining us a little later on. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Let's go! Batter up! Hi everyone, this is Rico Petroselli, JustCollect.com. A leader in the vintage sports card industry is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, 
It has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Your questions answered on deck with Rico Patricelli. On deck with Rico. Time for our segment on deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. By the way, you're going to see them next year. It's a great, great uh, don't forget, yeah, house, great, yeah, great, great, great kid. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to RobertEdwardAuctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Rico, this is an easy freaking question this week, submitted by a guy named Mike Jewett. And Mike, by the way, you will receive a Great American Tele- uh, Collectibles T-shirt as long as you get me your address. If you don't, you're out. All right, here's the question. Tough. Boy's tough. Go ahead. You played with Yaz for many years. How many years you played with yeah, Kyle for? 13. 13 years. In your opinion, honestly, how good was Kyle Stremski? He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so is yeah, so Ted Lyons. Ted Lyons? Yeah, he's a pitcher. Oh. Uh, Yaz was uh, he's a Hall of Famer, and he certainly deserves it. Here's what happened. Yaz, early on, and he didn't hit a lot of home runs. He sprayed the ball. He hit for average. But Yaz... <clears throat> wasn't just a, a really good hitter, great hitter, but he was out, an outstanding uh, left fielder. He played the wall better than anyone. Cause, now you, I was going to ask you that. You've played with a lot of left fielders. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys that played the wall. Mm-hmm. He, he, no, he was, was like a, a science to him. He was the best. He, was, he practiced. He worked at it. And uh, <clears throat> So after the 67th season, he won the Triple Crown. The next year, people, uh, he had 300 or something. 301. 301, right? And he was getting booed. But people just, over the years, I've said, they didn't want to pitch him. They're not going to, you know what I'm saying? That throwing balls, sometimes he chased, so he didn't hit for average, didn't hit as many home runs. But the guy came on, 
and he was a, just a great all-around player. And the reason, one of the reasons why he kept, uh, he stayed so long in the game is that he could always hit the fastball. You got to hit the fastball. You don't have to be a great breaking ball hitter. If you if you hit the uh, the hangers, that's fine. But you got to hit the fastball because a pitcher, his best control is with the fastball. But he was easy. It was easy for him too to transition to first base. That was a big. Plus that's another too, thing, right? That's right. I mean, Absolutely. He was versatile. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He, he was clutch. He was uh, and a great teammate. In the clubhouse, well, he's a quiet guy, but in the clubhouse we had some fun. You, you, you've told a couple of stories. Well, no, with, he, with you, no, you can tell that you and Louis Aparicio ganging up. Oh, on him. they used to tear each other's clothes. <laughs> yeah, they cut the the, the socks. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Then we got to the point where they started ripping each other's sport <laughs> jackets and suits. <laughs> Two guys. And Louis was a, Louis uh, Aparicio was accused a, a dresser man. Very yeah, shark skins all that stuff. But <clears throat> but there uh, wasn't there an incident with Yaz's uh, overcoat. Oh, he wore Colombo. Uh, yeah, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it, would, we burned it. That's what I heard. We I heard. I heard that there was a rumor that you and Aparicio set it on fire. Well, where? <laughs> It In the right clubhouse? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> On the pitcher's mound? We got it outside. So when you say he, he became an expert or maybe the best at playing the wall, yeah. it, it, how was how he taking those reps? Is he having somebody play balls off the wall for him at practice? Is he more you know, out there taking reps? How, how does yeah, that work? Yeah, he, he did, exactly. He just, you know, they hit the ball off the wall, different angles, and he just, you know, knew. He knew the parts of the wall. The only... The only problem was the ladder. If it hit the ladder, you'd know where it was going. And Rick, how, how and, many? And Rice, by the way, Jimmy Rice was not good at first as a kid, you know. Yeah. But he became very good at it by working hard. Johnny Pesky every day. So, so let me ask you this question: How many cigarettes did Yeah smoke a game? <laughs> a few. Him and Doug Griffin. And now is that in the dug? Is yeah. that in the dugout? Oh, they no, no, the no, no, in the runway. In the tunnel. In between yeah. innings. Yeah. In between innings, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, but you should see. You know, three outs, and all of a sudden, what the hell was that? Jazz. <laughs> yes. Straight to the top. <laughs> Him and Doug Griffin. But he this was a quick was break. Great. Yeah, quick break. Quick, yeah. Take the edge off. Yeah, yeah you know? definitely. That, that is classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really we had is. some great time. We had some great stories. I mean, you know, I tell you, today, it's, it, these guys are under a lot of pressure. They're making so much money, which is great. I, I don't begrudge them. But, you know, they got to do the job. Or else, a lot of money. Cutthroat yeah. business. Yeah. It really it is. It's tough. All right, let's get back to the card show. I mean, sure, Chris is here for the uh, Fenway card show. So it's going to be on the concourse. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of give us the layout? Yeah, of course. So uh, you'll walk into Gate B, uh, which is off Lansdowne Street, and that's the open air gate, the big concourse, right? And that is where we're going to start with kind of like corporate sponsor setups. You'll walk in, you'll see DraftKings, you'll see Card Vault, our business. Um, and you'll have the ability to check in and get concessions and have a lounge area outdoor, uh, granted on the we- or, or depending on the weather. And then as you walk in underneath the bleachers, which is this is the yep. right field bleachers, uh, you'll be able to go left and you'll see PSA, you'll see golden auctions, you'll see you know hundreds of dealer tables going down the left concourse, or you can go right. And then you'll see another setup of, of dealer tables and our autograph pavilion folks. And that's where you'll be able to purchase additional autograph tickets or items for autograph, et cetera. Um, and it creates this really nice kind of U-shape to the show. Now, what's really cool is if you do go right or if you do go left and you get to the end of that section, 
you can exit onto the warning track and return down mm. the warning track to the other side of the show. So it creates this really nice circle to where if you go right and you're saying, okay, I don't want to go back that way, you can go back out to the warning track and go down to the other end of the show. So people, collectors, and this is important, people will have a clear view of Fenway Park. Oh, yeah, big time. That's huge. I mean, that's huge because there's a lot of people that have contacted us that are driving in from New York yeah. that have yeah. never been to Fenway Park. Joe Tomasula from Memory Lane. He's like, he's never been to Fenway. Yeah. He is just thrilled to be able to, to One do One of the show. coolest parts of the show is if you are coming in, if you've never been to Fenway Park, or even if you've been to Fenway Park, you're going to be able to walk the warning track of Fenway Park. Yeah, that is Park. cool. So if it's cool. your first time seeing the ballpark, well, your first time That's seeing special. the ballpark is going to be on the ground, which yeah. is really, really That's cool. That's great. Um, Not everybody got no, to play no on the tours. field like you. Yeah, well, I was very fortunate. Um, but uh, Fenway now is, I mean, the field is like, just absolutely gorgeous the, the way they've taken care it's of it. It's incredible. It's a great it's a great ballpark. Rico, you have you had you were tailor made for that park. I was? Yeah. With your with your stroke. But see, you you're doing it again. See? No, you weren't? I, I hear uh, yeah, I never said you weren't. No, I hear no, what he's doing. I, I, yeah, I was. But I didn't come into the Red Sox organization doing right, that. Right, right, right. Pete Reynolds, Bobby Dore taught Took me out and said, right field, how far? Not down the line. Who the heck? Not very, very few balls down the line. But 380. Hmm. What's the right side? 420. Okay, 379. 360. <laughs> yeah, 330. 310. Which way do you want to go? I says, Mr. Reynolds, I want to go that way. <laughs> he says, right. I'm going to get you on plate. Open your stance a little bit. You know, <clears throat> this way you could reach that outside pitch and inside. I mean, I could handle the ball inside. So anyway, that's what we did, and I worked at it. You play 81 games in a ballpark. What are you kidding me? I want to hit that wall. You know, I go to right field, a single, maybe a double. But so most of your Fenway home runs were on the left side of the wall. Yes, yeah, center field. I hit uh, actually only one into the bullpen, uh, but center field to left field. Yeah. Now, back then, and the game has changed drastically from, mm. from the pitcher's mound perspective, right? right you have so sure. many power pitchers throwing 100, 101, 102. Yeah. Did you guys back then have a sense of how hard pitchers were throwing, or did you more gauge it, hey, this guy's a power pitcher, this guy's more of a junk thrower? Did you know, yeah. that, were there guys in the league bringing it mid, yeah, mid to well, upper 90s? Absolutely. There were a number of guys. They, you know, they probably didn't last that long, but when they first came up, there were guys that could throw because then there's Nolan Ryan and, and others. Uh, but uh, And you could hear it. You could yeah, sense it. Once yeah. you get past 94, 95, you see it. You know what? Repetition, right? You go in there and you work on you know, somebody or a machine throwing 90-something miles an hour. You know, you're going to start timing it. And that's the, the biggest thing is timing you know, and hitting, getting a good pitch to hit. Mm. And so these guys are doing it, but there's no doubt. I mean, I've met, these they're great athletes. These these guys today, are big and strong. Well, again, and, we we've talked about that in the past. Yeah. I mean, t tell Chris what your workout regime was like during the off season. How would you work out? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and the, and the chair you no, would push up on yeah, the chair. Yeah, push up on the chair. <laughs> you get up off the chair. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, grab the refrigerator yeah. handle and just eat. Yeah. Say the hell with it. I mean, 
Uh, Freddie Lynn started no, we, it with we, the yeah, Nautilus. We didn't but have it. You guys didn't. We right. couldn't. We couldn't lift weights. That they wouldn't let you. Rules. <clears throat> wouldn't let you lift the weights. No, no, because you get. They tight. were worried you get, you get tightened tight. up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same and now with, it's the complete with, opposite with golf. Right now it is. And <laughs> I wish I had you know what they have now. Well, so, it would have been great. You know, just stay on, staying on. And we're going to get back to the show. Yeah, let's do that. Just real quickly, Rico. Go ahead. You talk about. Chris asked you about the velocity of pitches. Yeah. Ryan and Bob Gibson, the two toughest you faced? Uh, yeah. Ryan was definitely the toughest. And, you know, in spring trainings and a couple of all-star games, faced Marischal, uh, mm. Koufax, Drysdale, those guys, you know. And the, but there were a lot of, most of the guys in the league were sinker, slider. Sinker, slider, or sinker, curveball. Some knuckleball and uh, Fork balls, uh, but they were good control pitchers. You know, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So and, and, uh, and there's such a difference now, especially if you think taking this back to sports cards, the vintage market mm. and having and pitchers having relevance in the vintage market compared to what pitchers are in the modern market is very different. Right. If you think about Sandy Koufax rookies or Bob Gibson rookies or yeah. um, even the Nolan Ryan rookies, right? If you go back a generation. Compared to the best pitchers in the game now, there's no the, the demand for a Garrett Cole rookie or for a Jacob Degrom rookie is a fraction yeah. of the demand. Oh, you know, for the rookies you're, you're, in that yeah. generation. So, what's the reason for that? Is the reason because their careers they don't throw as many innings? Uh, I mean, you look at Bob Gibson, a Bob Gibson baseball card or a Nolan Ryan card. Okay, they have innings, 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 and years and years and years. I mean, Complete games. there are very few pitches today that last 12, 13, 14, 15 yeah. years. It just doesn't exist you anymore. see how many guys? Uh, right? It's crazy. The, uh, I think there's a few reasons the for IM? it. I think one is you have guys like, like Koufax or Marichal or, or Bob Gibson, and they've, they've built a legend around themselves, and their careers are complete, and they're full. And you also have the rarity of the vintage cards, right? yeah. which are, are by default, uh, you know, have a level of rarity and collectability within their own right. And then if you look at the modern cards, they're just, the game has changed so drastically. It is such a hitting or home run driven uh, game. And it's not necessarily just baseball. It's just the world today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants the home run. Everybody wants to chase the home run. And that's why yeah. you have guys like Fernando Tatis and, and Julio Rodriguez leading the collectability of, of today's market. Chris, are you a collector? Big time. What do you what do you what do you collect? I collect uh, game used uh, on card baseball autographs. Yeah. See that? That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. What's your what's your what's your favorite one? Uh, so I, I do really enjoy uh, Topps Dynasty baseball. I just think it's one of the coolest products that has come out. Yep. I think uh, it is a really clear indication of of how different our market is today compared to the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Um, so I, I really enjoy some of the dual on-card autographs. So if you get like a Mike Trout and a Shohei Otani dual on-card game use patch autograph, mm. to me, there's really cool. That it, is very it, cool. It, there's a lot of significance of putting players on a card together that tell a story, right? Obviously, the Otani-Trout is teammates. Or if you have, you know, a, a David Ortiz and a Manny Ramirez, teammates. Um, and then also if you were to have, you know, a dual autograph of two of the home run Kings from that era. Um, so dual autographs, uh, tops dynasty is kind of like the, the cornerstone of my collection, right? Awesome. Awesome. Outside of the vintage stuff, which I'm a sucker for. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. 52 mantles. 
That's interesting. You know, we talk about that. I, I have I have mixed feelings about the fifty two mantle. We've talked about it a zillion times, and the would that card be as popular as it is had he played for Cleveland Indians? No, absolutely not. Right, and it wouldn't be as valuable if it. If hundreds of thousands of them weren't dumped, dumped into the into Hudson, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but hey, everything has a story and everything has a reason. And I think just in general, the 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 allure and the brand of the New York Yankees and Mickey Mantle we, we, being the yeah, face of definitely. that organization, still being the face of that organization. We got into that discussion last week mm-hmm. with uh, who the hell was it? Oh, uh, it was Derek Grady Derek, yeah. about Stan Musial. Mm-hmm. I said, if you flip flop Stan Musial. And Mickey Mantle and Stan Musial play for the Yankees, and Mickey Mantle play for the, the face for St. Of the game. Louis. Face of the game. Are you kidding me? Sandy Koufax. You know, Ted Williams. Sandy Koufax is Sandy Koufax. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously being a historically great pitcher, but he pitched for a historic organization, right? Yeah, it's, it's an important think, piece. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. The uh, very very interesting discussion we had chatting with uh, Chris Costa from the Fenway Card Show in a couple of minutes. Uh, Tom Rushi from Destiny Wealth Management is going to be joining us. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, – go through the list of signees again. Mm-hmm. People yeah. that, you know, because, again, for our viewers and listeners, you don't have to be a Red Sox fan. But if you are a Red Sox fan, this is like mana from heaven. If you're not a Red Sox fan, it's going to be an opportunity to go into the greatest ballpark in the world, mm. I think, in the country, greatest ballpark, and see some great players. Yeah, so- I think to your point, right, like the, the, the show, if you're a collector, is a great show for collectors. You can go and you can see some of the greatest auction houses, some of the biggest dealers, some of the greatest inventory in the New England and Northeast region. We'll be at the ballpark. You'll be able to buy, sell, and trade all weekend. If you're not necessarily a collector or an avid collector, but you like sports, there's going to be plenty of, plenty of entry-level opportunities for you in a collectibles perspective, whether it be memorabilia or sports cards. And if you're not a collector at all, but you're a Red Sox fan or a sports fan, you're going to be able to show up at the ballpark. You'll be able to walk onto the warning track at Fenway Park, but then you'll also be able to purchase autograph tickets for David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, Jonathan Papelbon, who was one of the most electric closers the Red Sox have ever had. Uh, you'll be able to get autograph tickets with Tim Wakefield or Steve Pierce, who was a World Series MVP, Brock Holt, who was one of the most beloved utility oh, guys yeah, the Red Sox have had. Uh, Mike Timlin, uh, Jose Canseco, Louis. free autographs. Is Louis going to be there? Louis Tiant. Louis yeah. Tiant will be there. Hey, man. Rico Petroselli. Not only that, but Rico is so amazing and such a Red Sox legend that we're able to bring him in, and he's signing autographs for free if you have a show ticket. So this guy is the real deal. He's a legend. That ha- Last year, I'll tell you what. You know, he hates when I tell it, when I say this, but last year at the National, we, we had dinner reservations at Gibson's at 6 o'clock. At quarter to 6 at the National, there was still 250 people standing in line to get Incredible. his freaking autograph. Well, oh, my family. And I'm, and I'm yelling, Rico, come on, man, you're going to write faster. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, what's, like what's unique name. about Rico is he's – He's one of the greats of the game in the history of the Red Sox, and he's you know so beloved, but he's stayed so close, and he's, yeah, be, he's remained that. so access, you know, accessible. A lot of these guys that we're talking about, there's an allure because they've just kind of they've gone off into the sunset. Yeah. Rico has remained hands on. And you've said this to me in the past. You've said to me, and I've, I said, Rico, you he, it aggravates me because he doesn't realize 
I'm speaking. Oh. He doesn't realize. Yeah, if we could mute Rico's mic, please. He does Thank not you. realize <laughs> what he means to Red Sox Nation. And the reason being, and he has said it to me, because I've been blessed. And no, you've always said, you've always said to me you that you're, yeah. you're the one that's lucky yes. that you did it. So yeah. you don't feel that you know, people owe you, they don't you owe me owe anything. Everything. Exactly. Well, it's, that's it's so huge. unique because uh, huge. a guy like Rico who came up at such a young age and became a star – it's it's easy to lose sight of how grateful and how uh, a big of an opportunity that probably was, right? A lot of these guys become stars and they lose sight of Absolutely. it and they take it for granted. Well, and if it seems like Rico never has. By the way, the concession stand's going to be open. They'll be open, Fenway Ooh, Franks, baby. All right, you're buying this time. I'm going to keep a count. I buy all the I'm going to keep a count. I'm going to have okay. Okay. tickers on the can two you of you. Get us a couple of passes. Yeah, get a couple of passes. We'll <laughs> get you in the door. A couple of vendor passes, <laughs> maybe a sponsor badge. Media all right, listen, badge. we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Tom Frugie from. Destiny Wealth Management is going to join us. Chris is here for the rest of the show. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing Providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. 
Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your Vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay vault is just as easy. Every card in the vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay vault. Hey, hey, you got to put your mic on. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) What the... I thought it was something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. 
All right, the eBay vault is climate-controlled, insured, and protected with 24-hour security. Soon you'll be able to send cards already in your collections directly to the eBay vault. They'll take high-quality photos of the front and back of the card and document all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing to sell process seamless. For more info, go to eBay. <laughs> Connecting buyers and sellers globally, and they got the headsets. You belong, you belong in a vault. <laughs> You sounded like you were in a vault. <laughs> All right, let's bring in that. Let's bring in our guest, uh, Tom Ruggie, a good friend, good guy from Jeez. Destiny Wealth Management. Uh, I tell you, here's another guy that's got a hell of a collection, doing a lot of things. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good. Where are hey, you welcome. Welcome. He's in Florida. He's in beautiful Florida. Florida. He's in. This is actually my first time being on the show with Rico. Is yeah. it really? Oh, of yes. course. I, I did not realize. That. I didn't want to come back on from with Florida. Him. I was going to say we're that. Part of Florida, Tom. Actually, we was he's in at the uh, where are you near the villages, right? Near the villages. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in I'm in Central Florida. We have an office in the villages. Perfect. Yeah, we were supposed to uh, do a broadcast from down there, but Rico screwed it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you yeah. leave your headset at home? <laughs> All right, Tom, a couple things. Uh, let's oh. talk about the uh, Perez thing, the Dick Perez documentary first. That is very cool. Can you? Yeah, were, were you familiar with it? I am. Well, yeah. Now, I mean. Uh, First of all, I'm a big, big fan of his, and you're a yeah. big collector of his, right? I am. I, I actually have um, – I've got 32 original uh, Perez art, art pieces. And uh, you, know, I'm ta- you, you guys talked earlier about a, a no-no signing cards. I actually prefer to get my art pieces signed, which may still be a no-no. Uh, <sighs> but of, of the 32 that I have, I think at least 20 of them are signed. Tell Chris about your – Card collection. This is like Chris. Check this out. Yeah. So yeah, my card. Coll- I I don't. I actually sold all my traditional baseball cards that I collected as a kid. I sold everything you know around college years or or something like that, except for my autographed cards. And I, I had you know I probably at that point I had a thousand or so autographed cards that I'd gone to spring training games and collected and whatnot, hmm. and uh, started collecting a, an autographed set. Which you know, unfortunately, from a a standpoint of of the quality of the set, it probably was not a good set to choose. But but started doing that, and that that's really transitioned into at this point. Um, I'm working on trying to get complete sets for about twenty different card sets. Wow! And uh, I, I I have four completed sets. Um, but you know, my bit my biggest one that I'm working on that that I I, I don't think I'll get completed by the time I die, but it's a 52 set. I, ha- I have the uh, the highest, uh, or at least the most cards signed and the highest rated on the PSA registry. So I'm short 10 cards. Imagine that. On the 52 that's set. That's, I mean, that's that's like unheard of. So you're, yeah. you're telling me that you've got your only 10 cards short of getting that that whole uh, collection? Having the whole set. And, and, and I'm constantly, so actually, just I, just I just bought... Uh, <sighs> 42 new cards that to try to upgrade. So, so I've, I've got the, the number one card. I, I don't know the stats on it, but I probably have the number one card on 60% of the cards in the entire set. Wow. Mm. What cards nice. do you need? I mean, let's get some, let's get the, yeah, the let's get the word out. out. Let's get the word out. Well, the, it, well, it's the one that I need that, that I'm bidding on right now. It just gets so damn expensive is, is I need the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And uh, you know the last one, last one just sold in an auction a week ago for 112. 
the current auction has another one and it currently is going at a hundred. So I mean, it, it gets, it gets pretty price intensive. Is that a heritage things. auction, Tom? Yeah. The current one is a heritage. A heritage yeah. I, I remember yeah. seeing that card. Yeah. Uh, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous card, but, um, what else, what else do you need? I need, I need Campanella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need Sam Jones. And then everybody else I need is, are, are not big names, but they're from the, you know, the, the, the high series lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, may passed away early or whatever. So yeah, there's, there's some that copies. I've never seen. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. Listen, tell us about the company and what, what the, what the game plan is, what your goal is. <laughs> uh, I, I probably need to work on what the game plan and goal is to be candid. I, I, I've got, I've got a very broad wealth management company at, and, uh, um, yeah, I've, I've told you this before, Tom, but, but about six years ago, I started looking at my company and saying, Hey, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Because I, I it, it doesn't, you know, there was a point in my career that it was about money and, and I can fortunately say money doesn't even make the top five of what I'm looking for at this point. Right. And, and so I, I set up a family office where I've got 13 families that are, are high net worth individuals that, that I work with because, um, we have a lot in common and, and, and I guess the theme of what has happened is I really like working with people that are like me and, um, you know, resonates with me. We have a lot in common and that's kind of transpired into the collectibles world because, you know, I've got a very solid collection. Um, I like that aspect of it. I, I love talking to people like you all about this sort of thing. And, and so, you know, we, we've developed a little bit of a niche where we're we're focusing some marketing efforts and some content on the collectibles market, in particular sports. But we do some things with exotic cars and wine and artwork and uh, you know watches and that's that sort of thing. But again, my personal passion is is the sports, and uh, I don't I don't know. I, the, the the great news is 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 I don't have to make another nickel from what I'm doing with this. I don't know kind of what the crossroads is going to be with, you know, work, working and talking to very high end collectors. And then of course, bringing to the table what I can bring to the table on the wealth management side. But, uh, but I'm, I'm certainly having a fun time doing it. Tom, do you ever advise people on actually building a portfolio and making cards like this or memorabilia part of a investment portfolio? I have not. I've not actively done that. I've actually had a couple of companies reach out to me, and and I've had a company talk to me about putting together, you know, a, a fund that, you know, people would invest in this fund, and I would go and buy things. I, I, I don't, I don't know that that's in the wheelhouse of what I want to okay. do. Yeah. Um, I, I, but what I think I, I can do a good job of is is if somebody already has that passion, I think I can help to serve as somewhat of a consultant of, um, you know, things that, that make sense. And, you know, Chris, you, your, your analogy regarding the, the stock market, of course, that, that hits home with me, but you were a hundred percent right on base. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a big believer in, in the blue chips. And, uh, you know, when I look at, at how much the value of, of my collection even is, has increased in the past 10 years, I mean, I, 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 I haven't calculated everything, but I'll, I'll bet you I've done better than, than the market, which the market's been on a pretty good tear over the last 10 years also. So I that- couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I've done, uh, with the help of uh, my financial guys, who you know, uh, they did a little analysis for me, and I've gotten a much better return on my collection 
And the same thing with my yeah. investments. It's just been... You know, um, the, however, remember last week, we, our guests, we talked about people, uh, especially buying the, uh, the newer cards, uh, modern, that they were taking bank loans out to pay for it. And then when they're pretty high, yes. and, then, proud, and then there's a margin call, and, and then you it get goes screwed. Right. right down, and they're screwed. So you got to be careful too. Uh, uh, but I think I think you alluded to that, Chris, yeah. earlier. You definitely have to be careful, right? And, and <clears throat> what we just experienced over the last three, four years in the sports card and trading card market is unprecedented, right? And when you have that type of a run. There are going to be opportunities that spring up or examples that spring up of people becoming over leveraged. And there were services out there and are services out there where you can take out loans against your assets. Now, what mm. you're doing is you're taking out loans against an asset that are in a very volatile market. So you do open up some risk there. But in general, I totally agree with what Tom's saying is, you know, when you look at these as an investment and you look at the bigger picture, it's better to look at things beyond that one, two, three-year window that we were just in and instead look at things from a five- or a ten-year window. And if you do look at things from a five- or a ten-year window, sports cards, collectibles, memorabilia, they've outpaced the S&P 500. I mean, it's, Absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's a healthy line. Now, does the graph over the last two, three years look as healthy and as, as sturdy? Probably not, but if you look at it over a five-year, 10-year, 50-year period, it's a really nice up-and-to-the-right type of graph. No, I agree. Yeah, but, but to, to your earlier point, you know, buying the, the newer cards, especially when you're, you know, when, when you're putting money into a, a not-quite-proven player, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a, a, a huge upside, but there's also a, a tremendous amount of risk. Absolutely. Which is why you need to eat some that. of that risk with some of these more established yeah, assets, 50, right? Absolutely. So, if, yeah, if you, if you really love mm. Jason Tatum, right, and you want to collect Jason Tatum, great, but you should balance that out with some more established assets like a Michael Jordan, a LeBron James, a you know, uh, Wilt Chamberlain Bill or Russell. Bill Russell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Name, name of the name of the business in, in my business is diversification. And, and it's you, you got to be. I, I totally agree. Tom, so there's a rumor circulating that there may be a book, uh, a book in the future. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're in talks with a, a group about doing a book. And, and uh, it, it, we're we're at the very beginning stage of stages of this. So it, it, it is a little bit of a rumor, but but we're probably going to do something. Just need to. Um, I, I want to sit and talk, and including you, Tom, one-on-one. I, I'd like to talk to a few people whose opinions I value and trust to, you know, to Wait. give me some idea Time directionally out. if it makes sense. Don't stop. What would you say? Start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Get it I out thought, of your system. I, know, I thought I didn't have my – what do you call it? All right, listen, we're just about Wait, out of time. Wait a I want to ask we about the – 30 vill- seconds. The villages. They have yes. a tremendous uh, group there, Red Sox Nation, like they almost 2,000 people. They, yeah. they approached us to it's, do a it's show it's there. You blew it off. Blow you blew it off. You blew it. Everybody's talking Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Tom. Oh, right. it's, uh, it's the largest Boston fan club outside of Boston. I know, it is. Actually, we did uh, an appearance there yeah, a couple yeah, years right, ago. Right. We had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. We did a book signing. Real quickly, we did a book signing. Rico spoke, I spoke. And they had to break it into two. There was a thousand people. Yeah. They had to break it into two sections of five hundred people. Yeah, it was two great. shows. It was wonderful. Tom, your website address, if people want to do uh, learn more, destinyfamilyoffice.com. All right, listen. Uh, we're going to see you're going to be our guest in a couple of weeks, uh, if I recall. I am with Michael Osaki from PSA. 
Yes. Good. We're going to have some fun. With that being said, Tom, thank you so much. Hang in until we say goodbye. Your event sounds great. Chris Costa, thank you so much, man. We had a good good time. You get it. You understand it. To our viewers and listeners, again, thank you so much for the support. Uh, Rico and I are just uh, overwhelmed. We really are. At least I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm doing. I'm overwhelmed. He's not laughing. He's crying. I'm crying. (laughs) With that being said, remember, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.